Welcome to our worship from Seal Church, led by me, Canon Anne Labar. The hymn which ends the service is sung by the choristers of St Martin in the Fields. Let us pray. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, who alone can bring order to the unruly wills and passions of sinful humanity, give your people grace so to love what you command and to desire what you promise, that among the many changes of this world our hearts may surely there be fixed where true joys are to be found. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our first reading is from the book of the prophet Jeremiah, chapter 17, beginning at verse 5. Thus says the Lord, Cursed are those who trust in mere mortals and make mere flesh their strength, whose hearts turn away from the Lord. They shall be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see when relief comes. They shall live in the parched places of the wilderness in an uninhabited salt land. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. They shall be like a tree planted by the water sending out its roots by the stream. It shall not fear when heat comes, and its leaves shall stay green. In the year of drought it is not anxious, and it does not cease to bear fruit. The heart is devious above all else. It is perverse. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, test the mind and search the heart, to give to all according to their ways, according to the fruit of their doings. A reading from the Gospel according to Luke. He came down with them and stood on a level place with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea, Jerusalem and the coast of Tyre and Sidon. They had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases and those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured. And all in the crowd were trying to touch him, for power came out from him and healed all of them. Then he looked up at his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, and when they exclude you, revile you and defame you on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice on that day and leap for joy, for surely your reward is great in heaven, for that is what their ancestors did to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who are laughing now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you, 
for that is what their ancestors did to the false prophets. In the name of God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Tomorrow is St Valentine's Day. You might love it or hate it, you might dread it or look forward to it, but it's hard to ignore completely. Not least because it's such a big marketing opportunity for the shops. It's hard to go anywhere without being confronted with the imagery connected with it. And the most common among those images is that of the heart. There's nothing that says love like a heart. But it wasn't always that way. Hearts weren't always a symbol of romance, of feelings, of emotions. Our ancient ancestors thought of emotion as coming from the gut. For them, the heart was the seat of thinking, of the will. It was the organ people used in decision-making. The Greek philosopher Aristotle thought the brain was just a cooling device. That's understandable, perhaps. After all, it doesn't really look as if it's doing anything much to the naked eye, whereas hearts are obviously beating and active. We can hear them and feel them. Those might seem like odd ideas, but they took a long time to change, and they're still there in a lot of our idioms. We talk about being faint-hearted or lion-hearted. We say that our hearts weren't really in something when we've done it half-heartedly rather than whole-heartedly. We say that someone has a big heart or a soft heart, a heart of gold or a heart of stone, because they've hardened their hearts. Our hearts bleed, melt, sink, leap in response to things we like or don't. We help others out of the goodness of our hearts. We pursue an interest to our heart's content. We feel young at heart, or maybe not. I could go on, but not one of those expressions has anything to do with the organ that's pumping away in our chests, sending blood around our bodies as I speak. Nor are they just about emotion, let alone romantic love. They're about who we are at heart, there's that word again, how we approach the world, our motivations and priorities, what makes us tick, the essence of our being. So when we come across the image of the heart in the Bible, this is what was going through the minds of those who wrote and read it first. Not romance or emotion, not just physical life, but our inmost nature. It's there in our first reading from the book of Jeremiah. Cursed are those whose hearts turn away from the Lord, he says. And that curse isn't some arbitrary punishment. It's just an inevitable result to Jeremiah. He describes turning away from God as like turning away from water. You can't expect to do that for long without serious consequences. Ultimately, separated from this essential ingredient of life, we shrivel up, like a shrub in the desert when the rains fail. But turning our hearts towards God, orienting our lives to what is good, investing ourselves in things that are life-giving, has the opposite effect. Then, Jeremiah says, we become like a tree planted by the water. It shall not fear when the heat comes. In the year of drought, it is not anxious. I love that phrase, in the year of drought, it is not anxious. 
It doesn't say that we won't encounter times of drought or scorching heat that sears us, but that when that happens, our leaves will stay green and we'll bear fruit because our roots reach down into the living water of God. I've known many people who've endured terrible times and yet still seem able to find goodness in the world, still seem able to help others, to love and to be loved. It's not that they don't suffer, despair, mourn, hurt like anyone else, but they found a source of life that goes deeper than the troubles they experience, so they aren't destroyed by them. When you talk to them, you often find that's not an accident. They've chosen to root themselves into things that are good and life-giving. What that looks like varies from person to person, but it often includes a discipline of prayer and reflection, of Bible reading, of coming together with others even when they don't much feel like it, finding opportunities to love and to serve and accepting the love and service of others. It shapes their hearts, it sets their orientation, it sinks into the depths of their being so that their instincts are to hope, to love, to maintain their moral compass when times are hard. There's heart language in today's collect too, that special prayer for the day. It's another classic like last week's. It goes back to the 8th century and it prays that our hearts may surely there be fixed where true joys are to be found. This is not just about knowing right from wrong, but about having a heart that's in tune with God's. And the hallmark of that, the prayer tells us, is joy. The joy that comes from being who we're meant to be, children of God, loving what he loves. Today's Gospel reading doesn't contain any mention of the heart specifically, but it seems to me that hearts are at the heart of it too. It's Luke's version of the famous list of sayings, often called the Beatitudes. Beatitude comes from the Latin beatus, which means blessed, because that's the word Jesus uses again and again in it. But I like the way that sometimes people also talk about them as be attitudes, be attitudes, two words. They're attitudes which shape our being, attitudes which come from the heart of us and go to the heart of us too. It's easy to assume that wealth, worldly achievements and popular acclaim are signs that we're blessed, favoured, special, but Jesus turns that upside down here. Set your hearts on those, he said, and you may get them, but they'll be all you get, and when they pass, as they always will, you may find yourself with nothing but the yawning gap where they once were, and that's woe indeed. But learn to trust that God is present in times of trouble, on the other hand, that you're loved by God when you have nothing, and when no one else loves you, then you'll have a blessing that nothing can take from you. Springs of living water welling up to eternal life, as Jesus puts it elsewhere. Today's readings, then, ask us to think about where our hearts are fixed, what our hearts are set on, what we are wholehearted about. It's often said that a clue to that is to look at your bank account and your diary. 
What have we spent our time and money on? What have we put our best efforts into? Jesus said, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So what have we invested the treasure of our lives in? Have we made investments in things which will sustain us in the year of drought? Have we sunk our roots into God's love? Whatever Valentine's Day holds for us, God's love is always there, a never-failing stream that brings the driest heart to life, if we'll only draw on it. Amen. And so as we bring our prayers to God, we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen.